Yeah, we the problem is we do that stupid cold open. Or uh what do you call it? It's fine. We don't have to like continue no, I like with the cold, the cold open. open. I mean I like it is the, yeah. It's pretty funny, but we don't have to do it. <laughs> I feel like it's a hallmark of our show. It's a it you have to do it because it's a hallmark of your show. Well the good news like is that you can start your episode. You, you can start you can start your episode with the audio of you saying we do the stupid cold open <laughs> because I am recording. So. so I could do the intro right now. <laughs> yeah, go for it. You guys I could do say, the intro for, right now. for example, I could say hello and welcome to Red Smoke Radio, the world's only Portland Thorns podcast. I'm Caitlin Best. I am Tyler Wen. Hey, we are and doing a little special crossover episode today. That's what's going on. Yeah, we All got right, some beautiful. Now, Sandra, hit it on the track. Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Chat Podcast. Girl, Sandra. Ready to dive into a faux opening day special edition episode featuring a bunch of people, starting with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, the AKA Scam Originator. How you doing today, Claire? I'm good. I've been drinking for a long time today, so I'm like uh, rolling right now. Correct. We have been uh, drinking some beers, some Chicagoland type beers. That's right. Speaking to a lot of computer screens, different Zoom calls, and we were really excited for this weekend because, like I mentioned, there was a full opening day tailgating event, a virtual tailgate that was put together by Supporters Group Chicago, Local 134, Red Brewing Chicago, and Chicago Red Stars, and it was quite the event, and I'm glad that we all agreed to hop onto this. And it was we noticed that it was taking place in the home opener, which would have been the Red Stars versus Portland Thorns, and we remembered, you know what? Similar vibe to last year, 420, 20, <laughs> <laughs> baby. The home opener was yeah. against the Thorns, and we were like, okay, wow. we need to cover this virtual home opener tailgate. We need to talk about that game from last year, and we couldn't do it alone because no one can ever do anything alone. So you and I, Claire, by our friends in Portland, the greatest Portland Thorns content creators ever, KBS and Tyler Wayne, how are you doing today, guys? I can't believe this game was on 420. That's incredible. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I believe, I do think I tweeted it out today as the 4-4-4-20 game. Yeah. 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 It's perfect, really. Yeah. I do. Re- I also do remember that around this time last year, people were like leaning into that a bit. People yeah, were like, I do actually, yes. I do remember, I do remember that it was like, a good, it was a game for 420 because it didn't make any sense. It was a, it was a crazy wacky game. It was. Yeah. It, it was perfect. I mean, you guys, this game, this game had everything. It had eight goals. It had two PKs. It had two PKs. It had wind. It had shadows. It had <laughs> ridiculous amounts of people in the stand, which were like all over the place because it was a double header. It was very spread and out. Yeah. It was very spread out and it was just incredibly, incredibly dope. And, um, it was fun revisiting this game because it almost felt like we were revisiting some ghosts and, uh, seeing some foreshadowings of some things and yeah. i think the best way to go about this is because there were so many goals and they were all spread out throughout this game i think it's good to just sort of talk about the build-up around to these goals and just sort of talk about them as a whole because a lot of interesting ha- thing happens on like each of these goals what do you guys think 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think I described it as, like, this is the – so we're talking about the game that happened on 4-20-2019, um, which was the Chicago Red Stars home opener, which was a doubleheader with the Chicago Fire, though not, unfortunately, a doubleheader with the Portland Timbers, which had happened the year prior. Um, and this game was kooky crazy, but also in a way that upon I, – I rewatched it today, and – it was it was kind of crazy in that the teens themselves were not yet super well honed into like the best versions of themselves chemistry wise but it was also distinctively very pre world cup in that any player that had kind of a weird or a bad world cup was still feeling really good at that point so you had a lot of players really playing well while still just kind of like doing crazy shit um and yeah, I think that I, I think what I said, and I do think this is true, which is that the Red Stars in Portland played each other four times that year, three in the regular season, once in the postseason. There was this game. There were the two games in Portland, um, which were very lopsided to the Thorns, um, but I personally believe had some extenuating circumstances that did not necessarily mean that this was like the best leveling of like figuring out who was better than the other team. I would agree that the semifinal was not probably the best designation of that. So I think that this first, <laughs> this first game, um, this first game had Christine Sinclair playing incredibly well. It had Lindsay Horan playing really well. It had Tobin Heath and Casey Short and Sam Kerr all playing really, really well. Um, and it, had it ended with eight goals. <laughs> yeah. It had everything, including, you know, the international players on both sides, the veteran players and NWS on both sides. It was, oh man, I was so excited when you guys agreed that like, yeah, we should watch this game. I think for people who maybe A, didn't watch this game, are new to NWSL in 2020, sorry. Uh, <laughs> just to refresh everybody's, uh, you know, memories and also introduce you to what we're talking about. Just to show love to the players as well, like the starting lineups on this particular gate, um, game day were as followed for uh, Portland Thorns. You had uh, Adriana French in net, Megan Klingenberg, uh, Catherine Reynolds, Emily Sonnet, Ellie Carpenter, Lindsay Horan, Celeste Brie, uh, Tobin Heath, Christine Sinclair, and uh, Anoria Sundergorchevich, and Caitlin Ford. And then for the Red Stars, they had Alyssa Nair in net, Aaron Wright, Tuna Davidson, Katie Naughton, Casey Short, Danny Colaprico, Julie Ertz, Alyssa Motts, Katie Johnson, Yuki Nagasato, and Sam Kerr. So a lot of heavy hitters on both sides of the ball on this day. Claire? Yeah, I just want to flip this over to our Portland friends. How do you guys feel about how did you how did you guys feel about Portland in this moment of the season last year? Uh I mean I, I... <laughs> I don't think they were good in this game. And <laughs> I think that the way, I think the way I felt about this team at this time is that they were just kind of coasting on the fact that they had several players that were like having amazing, some good individual, amazing play sure. that had carried over, I think from the end right. of 2018. But I, I don't think the team was that good at this time. Well, um, it's, it's kind of interesting, right? Cause we, I think we thought at the time and maybe even now that like, this is a team, the way that this team was playing was, like very kind of disjointed and it wasn't all together, but the strength of the talent kind of carried them through. But like in retrospect, like this era, this point in the Thorns season was probably the best that they would ever play. Right. 
But like, also, but also, <laughs> arguably, those goals were some really nice individual efforts. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least one of them was. Yeah. You I know, mean, let's get into that first. That first goal. That uh, goal was happened, very good between Lindsay yeah. and in the six, Yes, it, ha- it happened in the sixteenth minute of the match. Was, I would say that that goal was mean. Is how I would describe it. Was that. It was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was vicious. I, you know Sinclair, what? Christine Sinclair just like looked. It was a full mind. <laughs> looked at just, Kate yep. Naughton and she was like, I can just run run by this person. This is not gonna be an issue. I'm yes. just gonna run past her. <laughs> that happened. I, so I remember small. I remember being in the press box on this day <laughs> with Claire, with our other friend homie colleague Johnny Haller, and watching this happen. It was like a double chip. You had Lindsay Horan yeah, right. chip the back line. Yeah. You had yeah, Christine Sinclair chip Alyssa Nair. It was and very we were like, rude. Oh, <laughs> that's rude. We invited you here to be our guest. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that just oh, happened. Man. It was so typical. It's like, yeah, of course, Christine Sinclair is going to score on the Red Stars in their home opener. As she it does. was always does i'm still not 100 percent sure like how she got her foot around the ball to hit it in that particular way <laughs> like especially because again the, as as we said it was very windy so the fact that they got both chips to kind of right. do what they wanted them to do again very rude exceptionally so please, so- rude <laughs> I want to hear some more about this wind because this is a, I was not there, obviously. We weren't there. You guys were. Set the stage for explaining like what exactly happened with this wind and why it became such a big feature of this game. I think everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing, the thing that happens at Toyota SeatGeek, whatever you want to call it, um, it, it's, the thing about Bridgeview is that the whole point is that there are no significant features around this stadium. So it is the tallest thing in its neighborhood. Um, so you're getting, you're getting a lot of crosswind. Um, and uh, what happened on that day, and, and we were actually kind of joking about this today, which is just like April in Chicago is a dangerous proposition in the, on the best day. Um, if, the thorns in, in the red stars have played literally today it would have been some gnarly shit you guys um, oh man yes it was terrible today it's one um, thing to be rainy and then cold but then to be cold and rainy it's like it would have been yeah um so anyway so so what you had was you had the red stars on the south side of the stadium to start the game which i it's a small sample size but it just seems when wind whips through it cuts southward most of the time i'm not sure i think the southward goal is the one that gets a lot of cross stuff more often than not Um, yeah it was pretty bad it was pretty bad and 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 it's not an excuse but on the second goal that portland scored the the klingenberg to cernogorsevich goal that was 100% the ball. Yeah, that was stuff. That was a Megan Klingenberg goal assisted by the wind. Right, exactly. But I do want to. I do want to say though that Klingenberg had an, a great game this game. Oh yeah, she was yeah, very yeah, yeah. confident during this game. Klingenberg, like not only like offensively, like she sets up two goals really well, but also defensively, like she's really strong in this game. It, I think like. You know, if you put it, you put her work into context for the, the rest of the season, and that was like, you know, we talk about how this game is kind of foreshadowing. Like, I think Klingenberg should have been the the Thorns player that made it onto the NWSL best eleven. Like, she was so good this year, and this game is like, 
it, it's the, I think it's the best summary of like what it is that she's capable of, even, you know, even now at this point I, in her career. I am not a Portland Thorns scholar, but I wonder a little bit if um, Tobin Heath going to the World Cup didn't disrupt a little bit of the vibe that Heath and Klingenberg had kind of like going. Um, yeah, the overload from Klingenberg is such a big feature. And like, you know, Tobin, it's so interesting because in the game immediately before this and then the game immediately after this, Tobin Heath is essentially playing like a striker. Like she scores those two ridiculous backheel goals like at the game against Orlando before this and then at the game away at Sky Blue just after this. Uh, but she's not playing like that at all this game. You know, she is very much a winger. She drops kind of very central into midfield and not up top like she had been. And she really is just playing with kind of Klingenberg and, and a little bit with Sinclair. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it worked really well a couple times. <laughs> Okay, so so let's let's go through kind of time wise. So, not a lot, you know, no goals in the first half hour. Yeah, first fifteen. Yeah, right. I think it was tw- right. twenty. Sinclair, yeah. Sinclair's goal came. Sinclair's goal came in the sixteenth minute, and we right. chatted about that a little bit. And and, and Chicago, Nagasato equalizers. Yes, right. So we go right back. Um, there's a there's a there's a cross that comes in that theoretically comes against Ellie Carpenter's hand. None of us can say. I, that yeah, they never, happened. they didn't, they never replayed that. Never and replayed I, yeah. I didn't see it. I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm going to be honest, guys. It's 2020. I'm not going <laughs> to argue about whether or not that was a handball. Yeah. They called yeah. it a handball. It, it didn't look like too much argument. On, on the Ellie field Carpenter's side whatever. either Truly, like so it's yeah. kind of like all right um, it was it was a very strange situation that pk though like way the heck almost on the end line that's yeah. the weirdest thing about it like yeah i it yeah i don't know i'm not gonna litigate this penalty but it was real it was real weird it was and it was very quickly called which you don't usually see in the nwsl you had a center ref that was like very clear on decisive call yeah, yeah. um Nagasato did convert immediately we were tied. That was a, can I just say that was a great penalty kick. It was a really good penalty. Yeah. Yuki Nagasato man stepped up to take the PK for Red Stars. This was a this was a uh blonde haired Yuki Nagasato. Yeah blonde Yuki. That's right. That's right. That's right yeah. Yuki Nagasato went through some tra- hair transformation. <laughs> she did. She, yep. And and to start <laughs> start off she 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 hooked us up with the blonde. And uh, um yeah it was nice PK. I thought she slotted it really well. We just we see so many shitty PKs in this league. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> I'm almost yeah. like I'm almost more used to seeing a poorly taken PK than like a decisive slotting it right into the corner like that. Oh, the misremembering that I did with this game that I realized uh, today is that um, I had in my head that Chicago wasn't winning this game a lot like there wasn't a a lot of time where they were winning but that Mm. actually wasn't true they were winning the game from i think the 20 like the 30 something minute until i think the thorns equalized right before halftime the red Um, stars led in this game for approximately 13 minutes okay 13 minutes yeah from the 20th minute to the 33rd minute yeah and i actually like our thorns friends to talk about this goal. 
don't know which <laughs> the third goal in this game. You have it's, to tell me more. No, 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 no. One by Sam Kerr. Kerr oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know the goal. <laughs> okay, yeah. Not playing so, Emily, Emily Sonnet, <laughs> who... The end of Emily Sonnet's career as a thorn. Well, yeah, exactly. I think you can pretty precisely date it. Um, yeah. I mean, Emily Sonnet, through... From kind of eight minutes on, I think she is when she first has, uh, is kind of put under pressure by Kerr a little bit. And she does not take that as a warning. No. <laughs> instead continues to play a little fast and loose. And uh, yeah, I mean, she gets, uh, she gets robbed. She's playing a one-two with uh, Catherine Reynolds. And uh, I don't think that's right. No? She, she received the ball from Lindsay Horan. Oh, you're right. You're right. Haran has dropped back. Which I have finished your thought, but. Yeah, yeah. And she just gets totally caught out. You know, not really, doesn't appear to even see Sam Kerr behind her necessarily. Yeah. Uh, um, it's weird how clueless she looks in that moment. Right. And, and especially because you can just tell, you can just tell that Sam Kerr was like, if I keep like running at this bitch, I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to make something happen. Like, I, like she just knows it, right? Yeah, and right. I, man, I've I've like spent way too much time, I think, defending Emily Sonnet over this kind of thing. Oh, we both have. <laughs> <laughs> because ultimately, like, it is her fault. I think that she is holding the ball, and it does get stolen from her. And then you can see the goal as a result of that. But also, I I do want to say that Lindsay Horan, like, Lindsay Horan, like, talks about this herself. Like the the fact that Lindsay Horan is. 20 feet from Emily Sonnet, like in the back line essentially, and passes it to her as they're under pressure. And she, she did that shit all the time. She did that with Emily Sonnet constantly. And I do just think that a lot of times other players were careless around Emily Sonnet, knowing, knowing that uh, people like Sam Kerr were around. And I would I don't also know. say that as someone who watched Sam Kerr play for the Chicago Red Stars for about a year and a half um, that NWSL coaches did not respect enough what Sam Kerr would do to your back line mm. if you dawdle. I just think that they yeah. weren't, I don't think they totally understood. I mean, I mean, yeah. legitimately Sam Kerr broke the NWSL single scoring record last year. And I think, I swear to God, five or six of those goals we're just poached off of back mm -hmm. lines, not paying attention. And I just right. think people were not ready for that. And I think that they right. had this idea that we're going to tell our defenders to hold on to the ball or our goalkeepers, uh, rest in peace to Haley Kottmeyer, um, <laughs> oh, hold on to the ball and, and play from the back. What Sam Kerr did to Emily Sauna in that game, she did to many other players. Um, during this season and I think that, that which is, a scouting. is that's a scouting failure which is pretty mind-boggling yeah really because you should know yeah. like we <laughs> you gotta you know no you you gotta I agree I, I don't I don't care if it was the second game in the, in the right. 20th season at that point you should know that Sam Kerr in NWSL right like we've, we've been watching her for six seasons already yeah you yeah. should know already that sam kerr does that kind of shit the red stars led for a bit but then there was another kooky crazy goal um when megan klingenberg just whipped that ball in there and it went right into the goal yeah she, she kicked it all the way in i'm gonna tell you guys the truth i saw that thing live 
I'm not sure Serna Gorsevich touched it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I think since it happened, I, I do remember thinking on the day of that I don't think that Serna Gorsevich touched it. Yeah, I think she, she, really she may have, should have gotten that goal. And she like, yes, have, they should have gotten some, the winner of the shadows. Yeah. Right. I don't know if she touched it, but I also am not convinced that it would have mattered because I think it was going in either way. Absolutely. Well, yes. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, we got to talk about the shadow situation here because yeah. this is why we can't <laughs> yes. actually tell. <laughs> right. Can't be There's no it. video evidence. Yeah. Right. Dude, the shadows are so rough. Yeah. Um, right. Worse, much worse in the second half because it starts to cover like a third of the field. Right. I I do think I would say that I do think that is uniquely a seat geek issue. Yeah. Daytime. I haven't. I don't think those early afternoon games. Yeah. I think. Right. It's just the contrast because whenever they when they show a camera like a close up shot, it's fine in the shade. It's just like the camera can't handle the contrast between the light and the darkness. Right. And as a result, I the the players. When they're in that shadow, they're basically invisible, and they're both wearing light colors. Um, yeah. So the whole, I don't know, the last, like, 20 minutes of this game, you basically, anytime they're on that side of the field, you have no idea what's happening. Yeah, yeah. which is tough, because two goals happen in the last yeah. minutes, but we haven't <laughs> yeah, gotten there yet. Um, okay, but yes, yeah, so that goal, upon watching it live, I thought it was a Megan Klingenberg goal. Um. But I, I guess, you know, in the way that Sam Kerr can influence goals during the World Cup. Right, just uh, sort of the force. Her, and... Yeah, Cerny Gorsevich's presence. Yeah, but say, come on, Cerny Gorsevich is not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, no. That wasn't her not, legendary no. mark. I know that I was not there, but when you were talking about the wind earlier and saying that it was going south, which is towards one of the ends of the stadium... Towards, towards, the the, towards the right side on the screen. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Towards the right side on the screen. I was yeah, under the impression that the wind was more like towards the camera. That's interesting. Which I could be wrong about that. It but... might have been a little bit of both. But it might have yeah. been a little bit of both because yeah. the camera is t- is like on the is on technically west the west side. side. Yeah. So maybe more southwest is what right. you were looking at. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, it was it, it it played a role a little bit, teeny tiny bit. Yeah, I mean, I think you might have playing that goal. To let Chicago's defense off the hook there, like some it, that ball really whipped through them. Um, yep. But I, yeah, that was an odd, that was an uncle. Anyway, we go into halftime. Two all. Everyone's got two. Um, yeah, and I remember everybody being like hyped at this time too. Like everybody was like, "Oh, it's halftime. This game is lit. Like it's so wild. There's I four think goals already." We were like super stoked that they're like they're not losing. They're not. <laughs> yeah, we're like, what a home opener! It's yeah. it's a yeah. good home opener. Like they're holding their own with Portland Thorns. It's good vibes for everybody. Yeah. And, yeah. And the, the hilarious thing about the situation at halftime, as I posted in the chat in the lead up to this to this call, was that um, it, it's an exciting game. There's a lot of action. There's only been four shots on target, and yeah. one of those have resulted in goals. Yeah, and right, we'll we'll get to the end of the match eventually. But a thing I do recall is that I think Portland had four shots on goal, and every single one all of them, of them went in. Was yeah, a it's goal. a zero percent save rate. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> That's rough. That is rough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, it's the weird thing about most of this game. Like, a lot of it 
in between the the action in it is like pretty like slow paced and pretty like teams feeling each other out like there's like the actual action of most of the game feels like a lot less like uh exciting than the when right. there are actually goals being scored I think which that, to me there was a lot of the time right the thing the thing is the thing about this game I don't know I just don't think there was a lot of quality happening like on the field and I just think that the fact that the goals the goals happened in very close succession to each other. So Portland scored and then immediately conceded the penalty it, it kick. It seemed like a very emotional game. In a right. Way. So yeah. right. So it, that lends a certain. Um, that's where the excitement comes from to me. Is it there, there's a sense of back and forth despite all some of the goals being pretty weird. Yeah, and I and I think that that's a really good point because I do think legitimately Chicago's games against Portland are emotional because mm. of the history they have with that team and the fact that the games in Providence Park are very emotional in the other direction that I think that um I think it's significant that for part of this game Chicago was winning. I think if that had not been the case, they might have struggled a little bit more. Mm. Um I do think there are some really interesting kind of foreshadowing elements to yeah. that, that happened for the rest of the season on the Portland side as well. I mean, first of all, like as the in between the kind of periods where there are goals being scored, you know, you start to see the Thorns get like a little bit frustrated and they start to like, mm. you know, Parsons starts to talk to the ref a little bit and he gets this team in yes. this current iteration, like if they feel like they're not being refed correctly, like they really get upset about it. Yeah, <laughs> Tyler, I think start, I yeah. I think that's how Mark is all the time. I don't think there's ever a time when Mark is not talking to the refs in that way. No, I I agree, but like you know, what I remember the other day. This is like off, t- totally off topic. Do you remember the game where Mark Parsons allegedly pressed a clump of grass? <laughs> yeah. Hands? I looked this up earlier today I because I was did. thinking about this. That's so good. I think maybe so he good. did that, you guys. I, don't think, <laughs> I think maybe he did do that. Yeah, I think he received a punishment for doing that, actually. Yeah. You know what? Tyler, remind me who they were playing when that happened. Was that Utah? Oh, God, I don't even really Washington? know for sure. I, it was Washington. Yeah, Washington. it was the Spirit. That's right. It was the right, spirit. and they had just like they had just like lost an embarrassing game to the Spirit or something. Yeah, is that right? That is that is the story. And then you and know, then, there's and then there was a, a dirty handshake. <laughs> a dirty handshake. Like, I really feel like this is the time. Like this, this is the game where I start to you know the rest of the team kind of starts to also take on this personality of just like just really like not being happy about being refed differently like they really take it personally <laughs> like when yeah. things are, are not like are, I, things are imbalanced they yeah, really I mean, get upset like, about it this, Tyler I feel like this is this is a sort of an angle to refs that we have not talked about and I think this is very interesting because I think that the Portland Thorns especially under Mark Parsons maybe before they have they always have this fucking chip on their shoulders about the refs and I don't know <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like pretend to know whether they're right about this. I think that there have been some notable games where I have felt like they were right about this, but I do think that they are like especially sensitive to this more than other teams. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's not a coincidence that Mark Parsons fucking yells at refs like a lot. I will just say again, I can't speak to your guys's journey or your team's journey, 
There is not a single NWSL coach that believes that they are refed. Right, exactly. <laughs> All yes. of them feel very hard done exactly. by every time. All the time. Um, I think that I do think that maybe um some coaches let that trickle down to the players a little bit yeah. more than some other coaches. And I think that's yeah. the yeah. that's the element here that I'm kind of seizing on as as being something that's worth talking about with the Thorns. Um I also <laughs> just to pivot again. So another piece of Mark Parsons content from this game that I would like us to just touch on. Mark Parsons was at this game wearing a thorns branded quarter zip on his top half and slacks and dress shoes on his bottom half. Thoughts, questions, comments. Yes. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, this is a, uh a part of the Parsons ensemble that is like, I, I think I have, t- I think I've termed this in the past, uh, a casual day on the death star. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is like the, this is like the more relaxed version of that, but like the full, like what the normal Parsons, like blackout, like black button down, black right. slacks outfit right. is the extreme version it's of almost that. that. Yeah, it's like this is a toned down version of. The, I almost, I almost feel like he just got to the stadium that day and it was like a little bit breezy, and so he put the quarters yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, that's probably. He got to run out there with the team, and he said, "Oh, yeah, Windy cold. City." Yeah, <laughs> put that on. Yeah, that's how he. That's how he talks. Yeah, that's I true. Know. I've been told. <laughs> okay, so Portland begins to win again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I think it's interesting as we like sort of chit chat about this goal, Claire, that you're alluding to. That third the, goal from the Portland goal, yes. Okay. That yeah. this other one that's like we were talking about how maybe the win is playing a role. Klingberg again was just like, well, if you're just gonna give me this time in this space, I'm just gonna whip it in and see what happens. Yeah. yeah. And then a goal <laughs> happened. Sinclair is just so good. If given they completely the lost sight of her, you see the entire back yeah. line. Yeah, she's goal. just she's just back there. She's just you see the times to run. Yeah, you see the on the replay. If people have the chance to watch it, you see the entire back line go. What the fuck on this yeah, goal? No, they, right, it's they, how do you lose sight of Christine Sinclair? And I, yeah. having talked to Rory Dames about Christine Sinclair, I can't imagine just like how livid he was that his team, just like I'm looking at it right now. Nobody's even looking at her. Like, again, I've also talked to, to Sam Kerr about Christine Sinclair. And what she said is, I'm paraphrasing, she, she doesn't score, like, amazing goals. She scores annoying little tapping goals. Right. And it's true, and that's not, like, like that's a compliment because right. she's, she scores the goals. They all count the same. She is able to somehow get into the right place. Um, and, yeah, I, I truly, I don't know what, I don't know if this is a moment of Christine Sinclair or, <laughs> somehow applying her genius to drop off of everyone's radar if they're just not paying attention but she manages to do this a lot um to a lot of different teams my literal note on this goal is cling serves sink clowns backline sad (laughs) the the cool thing about this goal for me is that it's like i think Anna Maria Cernogorsevich is confusing the Chicago back line. Like, mm, looking yeah. back at it, like, Cernogorsevich, I think, is a little bit offside and, like, kind of makes like she's about to attack the goal, but then, like, kind of yeah. backs off a little bit and lets Sinclair pop into the back post totally unmarked. 
Um, Serena Gorsmith, like, you know, I have, have had a lot of harsh words for her during her career at the Thorns, but I've grown to kind of, and especially this, uh, in this season, this 2019 season, I really kind of grew to respect her defensive effort and some of the stuff that, some of the more subtle stuff that she does. That's one of those things that I think, like, I don't think is necessarily that recognized, but, you know, I just thought I'd, thought I'd shout Serena Gorsuch out there. I, yeah, I, yes. But also, sorry, I just, like, have this. I'm, I'm watching this, like, over and over as we're talking. Uh-huh. Christine Sinclair is just over. She's just wide open for a good, true, yeah. like, five seconds. And nobody sees her. And, yeah, it's because they're watching Serena Gorsuch, but I don't think that's anything brilliant that Serena Gorsuch is doing. I think they're in the, And they're in the air. They're in the sun. So they're in the sun. Right. They can like, see Sinclair isn't hiding in the shadows. No. <laughs> yeah, it was, an- it was just, like, another great contribution from Klingenberg and yeah. like a testament to her game that she was having it's it's too bad that um Portland's season kind of went the way that it did because I do think that it overshadowed a very strong club season from Megan Klingenberg well yeah here's the thing about Kling though Megan Klingenberg in also in 2017 had an amazing season and I think I don't know how much I've talked about Kling on this podcast before, but I I mean, I think I have. People talk a lot of shit about her, and it's unfair. People people talk so much shit about Megan Klingenberg because she's slow. And people think that she's not good because she's slow. And that is the whole reason. And it's why she got cut from the national team, which is unfortunate. But she is slow. Um, but every every time she you know gets burned defensively people people say why is she still on this team and it's well because she can do this and uh because she can pretty much offensive her offensive contributions are like consistently overlooked in a way that i find frustrating yeah yeah she because she can basically run the offense like Mm -hmm. of the team if she needs to like she you know in 2017 the the reason that that claire singles out 2017 is because she led the team in assists that year i i singled out 2017 but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i'm saying yeah Yeah, i really like about main klingenberg and i think it's a really maybe underrated part of her game what lauren specifically i like that she's a real good pointer and yeller Mm, she is. point and shout. She loves yeah. to point, and she she at times is prepared to scrap for her team as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, you give her a scrap of ground to to defend, and she'll fight for it absolutely yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. I, appreciate it. I mean, yes. This goal puts uh, the thorns up over the Red Stars, 3-0 to zero in the 51st minute, right? And then we have an extensive amount of time in this second half before the Red Stars eventually equalize, which includes a couple of substitutions. This is early, the second, again, the second game in 2019. Yeah, the, the subs, so you the have subs are Morgan, though. You have Morgan yeah. Bryan on a bit of a minutes watch, you know? So uh, she gets... There's a like a substitution there, and then Klingenberg actually gets subbed as well. And, yeah, that was a mistake. And that was like int- a very interesting choice, uh, you know, because Gabby Seiler comes on for Klingenberg, so it was a very interesting choice, and especially for someone who was having the kind of game that she was having for the Thorns on this day. And then you have Essencelos uh, come on in the 75th minute as well. So a number of uh, choices for subs that was that was made and then this was what maybe 20 minutes from this 
third Thorns goal to this equalizer from the Red Stars. I think this goal from them, this their beautiful goal is this goal. I think. Yeah, I don't even. I, I was like trying to get us to talk about the last Thorns goal like a bunch. So I was like, okay, so we can get to the Red Stars goal because <laughs> uh, this goal, guys. Oh my god, it was so rewatching this goal in the time of coronavirus was like oh God. <laughs> Remind me. It was literally healing. Yeah, I, yeah. I I just want to say that as a Thorns fan and person, this this Red Stars goal was the one thing that I remembered from this game, like unprompted. I was like, that was the that was the game where they scored the really good goal. Yeah, the it's, really good goal where North no Thorns player could touch the ball for right, where every every Red Stars player touched the ball and no Thorns player did. Right. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, it, it was so it, beautiful. It was like I, even like Julie Ertz fell at one point, and it was still beautiful. It was a weird. It was a weird goal in that. Um, yeah, I have it. I have it written down what happened. Um, in that, yeah, I think in the second half, the Thorns kind of had the run of play, and they had the the goal where they went ahead and all of this sort of thing. And I think it eventually actually came off of a throw in. Um, and then, yeah, so Julie Ertz got the ball. Um, God bless whatever. It might have literally been Gabby Seiler, the thorn that tried to tackle her from behind, and she just didn't <laughs> let her. Um, I think it may have been Christine Sinclair. It might know. have been. Someone tried. I would just say that there was a moment where Ertz had Somebody the ball outside the box, and they tried to take her down, which was the, the right thing to do. And and Ertz said, eh, no. And then so she kicks it out. So, But the thing that gets fucked up about this goal for the thorns is that after they don't take down Ertz the rest of the passes are kind of mostly in the box so you can't really mm. get in there um and so yeah it's Ertz to Kerr to Vasconcelos to Di Bernardo to Katie Johnson to Morgan Bryan back to Ertz back to Vasconcelos and I feel very confident especially with the history um that Sandra and I have been digging back up uh, that this is absolutely the best team goal in Chicago Red Stars history, and this is all time. Yeah, this is maybe time. the best goal in a, team goal in NWSL history. It might be, yeah. Thank you, Karen yeah. Best. I'm it's not. A, I'm not goal, sure yeah. anybody's quite done that. Yeah, and again, they it were doing it against, against the Thorns, which is like a good team. It would be different if it was like North Carolina against Orlando or something. But the fact that they pulled it. This was a competitive game. Michelle Vasconcelos was gearing up to really be something for those Chicago Red Stars. And Man. it got everything. Yeah. Everything about that goal was beautiful. Claire, I remember during this goal, you and I getting really excited about Katie Johnson. Yeah, right. She, her movement, she also, right, her yeah, movement right. off the ball this game. Right. We were like, okay. And then watching her on this goal and then the last goal that happens for the Red Stars in this game, all of it, we were just like, man, they're like, is is this what they've been trying to do for so long? Like, is yeah. this what we're seeing more of this yeah. year? I mean, yeah, I, I, I kind of had two thoughts about this goal in that respect, which is that one, that yes, like Katie Johnson felt expectation free. She was just there to connect. I think that Sam Kerr was expectation free. I think when she came back from the world cup, things felt a little bit different. And I think that she was just out there pulling defenders, 
connecting play. I think what Michelle Vasconcelos was doing was very special. And um, she got yeah, this goal it immediately after goal. she subbed into the game. Yeah, I remember yeah. when yeah. I remember when the game was happening. It was like a tale of two subs, which was the um, Chicago was like, let's keep subbing in all our best players, and Portland was a little bit like. What? Well, keep subbing in worse yeah. players. Well, you, you say that, but like the the they players subbed, they that made one, they made a good sub, they subbed in Mitch Purse. Yeah, exactly. They the did. players that they, they subbed did. in actually like would go on to like I mean, yes, Klingenberg yeah. comes off, but no, but within the context to... of this game, Tyler, we we can't get into foreshadowing like what was going to happen over the coming six well, months. Mitch Purse made Chicago pay later. We yeah, Mitch that. Mitch Purse yeah. Mitch Purse drew a penalty, so I'm going to say that that I was did. a good sub. Yeah. I also don't disagree with the premise of getting Gabby Seiler on the field. Like, yeah, she shouldn't have come on for Megan Klingenberg. Gabby Seiler should have come on for fucking Celeste Bure. Celeste Bure was actually not terrible in this game. I know she's your best friend. I know she's your best friend, Tyler. <laughs> I Listen, I'm totally willing to accept when Bure has bad games, and she got worse over the course of the season. Yeah, she did. But, she but like, like, if we're going to talk about Siler being a good sub because she was good, like, later in the season, then the, then the criticism we need to be making is Bure, <laughs> not Klingenberg. All right, all right, all right. In the context of this game, I'd have to agree. And that th- thing about that Klingenberg sub, this, this, uh, I didn't prepare enough for this in that I just watched this game today. I feel like Kling was maybe not, there was something going on with Kling because I don't know why it, like, fitness or injury wise. I don't remember, but I don't know why you would have pulled her at that point in the game with yeah. a head. That actually sounds, I think there was something fitnessy going on. Yeah. I don't remember exactly either. Yeah. So anyway, so we have two more we have <laughs> two, more goals. two more goals in this game. We're not gonna we won't we won't overbake it. Uh so Katie Naughton gets hung out to dry. She brings Mitch Purse down. Um yes, Kate I mean, this is another one where we talked a little bit about Emily Sonnet. Katie Naughton is a player that um worked very hard for the Chicago Red Stars and developed a lot and had a moment in this game where she was asked to honestly this I don't I'm not sure I even blame her for this one she had to do something she was asked to do something exceptional and instead kind of a foul happened and um yeah penalty Christine Sinclair finishes her hat trick good for her (laughs) Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, this was, no, but that was the vibe that was honestly the vibe when they were just like okay yeah. we're yeah. like oh christine sinclair nails a pk in the 86th minute this game's done that was fun yeah, i mean was. i remember feeling bad for the red stars because i thought that they really kind of went toe to toe and i was like fuck that sucks and then uh yeah we had sam kerr sam kerr has a shot come off not the keeper. Maybe the keeper comes off French and Nagasato cleans up the rebound. Um, that was how Chicago e- ultimately equalized. But then Kerr also got a shot off the crossbar. Um, they still had a chance to win this time. time. Yeah, Chicago yeah. could have won that game. Um, and Vanessa Di Bernardo. It was wild to watch them get that that equalizer. And yeah. again, that, that was a lot of a great play of Sam Kerr connecting with Katie Johnson and yeah. then that shot and Nagasato kind of kneeing that goal in and it was just so it was just so unbelievable that this game ended 4-4 I don't think any of us predicted that it was going to end that way 
a brief word on Midge Purse first. I mean, this is before like the Midge Purse story really kind of kicked off. <laughs> you know, like this is yeah. like this really is in the you know I think she had drawn a penalty in the previous game, but you know, and people were excited about her. Right. She hadn't become like the we phenomenon that she would eventually know. become this season. Yeah. Well, she scored a brace against Chicago later. She did quite well against the Red Stars. Yeah, she did all right. She made up for it, guys. Don't no, worry. Like, right. But as of this game, she was... Yeah, we didn't know the end yet. Right. Like, we didn't know. This was, this was before, up to this point, like, Mitch Purse had not really played striker for the Thorns. Like, she had don't... been slotted into all sorts of weird... Like, she played on the wing. Yeah, I don't think she'd even scored she a goal for a... the team yet. Yeah, I don't think so. She played on the wing. She, she had to play wing back some in 2018. So... Yeah, she truly was a was a player that had not yet become what we're gonna I think remember her as in Portland. Rip peace. Yeah, rip peace. <sighs> yeah. Rip peace to everyone who we saw in this game on four twenty in twenty nineteen, who we will no longer be seeing for these respective teams. Yeah. In twenty twenty question mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um well, this game was super fun. I actually really loved – I loved that nobody lost this game. <laughs> yeah, I really liked real nice. that everyone was, like, really yeah. good, but then kind of really bad, and nobody I don't lost. think anybody really deserves to win this game. Right, right. exactly. <laughs> right, but also, in a way, nobody deserved to lose it. And yeah, exactly. It, it was it yeah. very sporting and equal. It was I, perfect. I adore back- this game. Yeah, looking back, Christine Sinclair deserved a hat trick. Like I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, this game was really nice. Um, it was the it was the four twenty game, guys. Nobody should have left this day feeling bad. <laughs> right. That's right. Oh, no it was, it was strictly right. good vibes only. Posy vibes only on four twenty. Yeah, posy vibes <laughs> only. You guys realize days. that the whole the whole month of April two thousand twenty is four twenty. Wow. Wow. Yeah. In the time of coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> we literally don't have to go into this that much but um the teams from that game and the teams from what was supposed to be this game are um quite different and i guess i want to ask you guys what you think and and we can answer this too which is just like what do you think about the thorns would be different in a game against the chicago red stars one year oh man (laughs) everything uh i I literally don't know how the Thorns were going to line up this year. So we were having some real difficulty, like picturing this team lining up even like before, you know, aside all the like, you know, rumors of international players coming in aside, like even with their current system, like it's going to be pretty new. Like we're talking about two brand new rookies, probably getting thrown onto the front line as it is right now. Like, Raquel Rodriguez coming into the midfield. Like we're talking about pretty uncharted territory for the Thorns. And can I, was, I go for it? Okay. I'm looking at the the roster. I'm gonna make a guess about what the lineup would have been. Shoot. Backline. Uh Clay and Carpenter stay the same. Emily Sonnet, she's gone. I think you get uh I think you get Emily Mangas and Becky Sauerbrunn on the back line. I think in the midfield, you get Haran and Rodriguez. 
Yeah, you know, maybe this actually this actually like isn't that different. I guess. I was gonna say, Haran, I think there's a reasonable right. lineup you can. Play. You get Haran, Haran Rodriguez and Sink in the midfield. You get Tobin Heath on the left. Um, and then I yeah, I mean, I think the front line is where there's probably some spots kind of up for grabs. Well, they wouldn't have Hypoth- had, hypothetically. Oh, I was just gonna say go they ahead, would have had Diani anyway. Right, because the French season is still happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So, so, so Sophia Smith, um, Morgan Weaver, yeah. Tyler Lucy is in that mix. Um, so really, yeah. I mean, that's true. I guess again, I truly have not like grappled with modern content, but they would have had two rookies on the front line, probably, right? Yeah. Well, or okay, Tyler Lucy and Simone Charlie, I think, are are in that mix, yeah. and I that's think. True. I think it just depends heavily on what happened in preseason, what happened in the, the previous game. Sure. Um, I think there's some spots that have been contested in the alternate universe where there's a season happening. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of stuff that still needed to be, like, shaken out in terms of, like, how this Thorns team was going right. to decide how to line up. And I guess I guess when I say I have no idea how they were going to line up, I think, I think like, one of the uh, – Tyler, I think we've maybe talked about this on a previous podcast, but um, I just, I'm not sure how to picture Rocky Rodriguez fitting into this Thorns team. And Parsons has said that he pictures her as a second eight playing alongside Lindsay Horan, trying to reclaim the glory of 2016 and 2017 when you had Horan and Henri playing alongside each other, which of course was not, it was not going to happen that way. Um, Right. But that said, I, I don't know how Rodriguez would look in that role. Um, I think she's capable as an eight. I think potentially she's capable as a six. Um, although I, I don't think that's her best position by any means. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think when I say that I'm not sure how to picture it, what I mean is I'm not sure how to picture specific, the specific roles, the way, the way the specific roles on the team are getting divided up more than the lineup itself. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, we still did not really get to ever see what it was like with Rocky Rodriguez on the field with the rest of the team and how that would change anything, if anything at all. So there's just a ton of unanswered questions about this Thorns team right now. Yeah. And I don't know when we're going to find out the answers, to be honest. Right, well, I mean, the Thorns team doesn't exist right now. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, My hope was yeah, that I would I would have liked to have seen – Rodriguez against the Red Stars. Yeah. In the, the preseason. Oh, yeah. I was so excited for preseason this year. Me too. Yeah. 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 I was just, I'm, so, I'm, I'm a big Rocky Rodriguez fan in general, and I was super excited to see how that was all going to shake out. You know, yeah. like, she was, she was good at times at, at Sky Blue, and she, it's one of those things that, like, you know, she always had good games against the Thorns, and it's one of those situations where, like, do you, is it, is she a good player or is she just really play well against us? No, <laughs> she's good. She's good. She's oh, she played good. well against Chicago too. She kicked yeah. Chicago's ass last year. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. oh yeah, I remember that. She wrecked them. is good and she has been, if anything, she's been underperforming most of the time she's been in the league because she played for Sky Blue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm still excited for to see yeah, her. Yeah, I think that – Rocky Rodriguez going from a rookie of the year campaign in 2017 to having obviously a very tough 2018 to having what I would consider to be a resurgence in 2019. The fact that she like took it to the red stars, she took it to the thorns um, with a team that was truly just like coming out of the deep depths of a rebuild. Um, I I'm super high on, on Rocky Rodriguez and I 
think she's going to be great. I mean, like, I don't know if she's going to be great in the Thorn system, but I am a big believer of her, not only as a player, but like as a competitor. Um, so yeah, I was excited to see that, that too. Um, from our perspective, uh, actually probably fewer question marks, question marks for the red stars in 2020, though, they all come from a very particular position is that in that, that like, we're pretty confident, like Alyssa Nair is our goalkeeper. Probably our strongest defense is, you know, um, short Davidson Ertz Gordon, which was um, the, the, the projected final of, you know, uh, lineup for the final um, though, but also like the, the red stars, <laughs> The difference between the Thorns and the Red Stars is that the Red Stars lineups are contingent on the U.S. in a way that the Thorns are not. Um, if the U.S. had asked the Red Stars to play with Julie Ertz in the midfield, they would have. Um, and that changes a lot of things. Uh, the reason that Julie Ertz was playing in the midfield in this game last year was because of the U.S. And it's not yeah. bad because Julie Ertz is one of the best soccer players on the planet. You know, it's not bad to have her in the defense or in the midfield, but where she plays is dependent on what the U S wants and what she wants and what Rory wants. And um, that's a complicated thing. So I guess I say that, but I would have to assume a pre Olympics Chicago probably means that Ertz is in the midfield, right? Sandra. I don't know if I agree with that necessarily. I feel like the Olympics at this time, would have been the first major international tournament for Vladko and Donovsky. And I just feel like he's a different type of coach. He's a coach with this heavy NWSL background. And I feel like the coaching change from Jill Ellis to Vladko might've been a little bit different for this game in terms of how it would have impacted the rest. I think maybe we would have seen like some restricted minutes, maybe in a sense, like I could definitely at some point in my brain see Zoe Gorowski coming on for Casey Short because Casey Short in my brain was going right. to the Olympics. Right. So maybe coming on after 60 minutes or so and seeing Julie Ertz start at center back and then maybe get pushed up some kind of way. Right. Um, seeing something different there. But to start the game, I think she would have started at center back because I just think these are two coaches and dames and – yeah, and yeah. who maybe have, have, right. have had a long relationship, have had plenty of conversations with each other. There's a history there. And I think they both respect each other in that sense where it's like, well, if you want to start off the season in this, then that's like fine. Um, right. But maybe to see some type of scenario where she does get pushed in. Yeah, especially when you have Brian Colaprico and Di Bernardo healthy, which I think even before things got pushed back, they were. And I just don't think you stop that midfield from starting. Um, the question, though, the big Chicago question yeah. is, does Nagasato join a, a diamond midfield or do they play a 4-3-3? Which, I got to tell you, I don't know. No idea. Yeah, me neither, dude. I don't know. I've played around with different scenarios of who it would be or how it would look. I think you and I feel like they were going to maybe lean a little bit more into, you know, the old school days of the good old shit kicking 442 diamond. Four, four, two, yeah. Um, but you know what I thought something was interesting today as a matter of fact when we participated in that opening virtual tailgate 
for the Red Stars, there was a Q&A portion with Kaylee Ojai and Arnon Whistler, and it was really dope to sort of hear Kaylee Ojai kind of give her perspective as a Red Star before she's ever even taken the pitch in a Red Stars jersey. And one of the questions that I thought was really fascinating was her excitement to play with Casey Short. She was asked, like, which players she's really excited to play with, and she's played with a number of players on this team on this Red Stars team just because of her history with that U20 uh, 2012 World Cup team so like Brian DiBernardo Julia it's like she she has familiarity with a lot of the players on this team and she said that it was Casey Short because she she's she's a wide player and I thought that that really kind of pinged something there in my head I'm like oh man she's talking about being a wide player and like how she's really excited to play with Casey Short, playing on the left, being able to go up and down versus having to go against her all the time. She was really looking forward to that partnership specifically on the Red Stars. And I'm kind of like, okay, like how was this going to look? And it's, um, would love to seen it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, if we have to make any guesses, I don't think Michelle Vasconcelos is fully cleared yet based on what we've heard this week and also what she said today. Just don't think she's ready to go yet. Um, yeah, I think we probably would have seen Kalia Ojai start. I was reminded when we watched this last Portland game, 420, how many goal scorers Chicago had early on. Um, later in the season, fewer um got siphoned into a couple of players and i was excited to to see some different red stars get some goals and maybe see how they could do that again um so yeah i don't know who knows who would have scored i know who would have played defense i don't know who would have scored for them but i think we can safely say and no disrespect to our 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 Portland friends who are full disrespect to our Portland. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you guys know, but I'm going to let you in the loop. Now the Chicago Red Stars in 2020 are undefeated guys. They haven't lost yet. So are the thorns. No, you can go look at that Uh, table. I think Chicago Red Stars on top. I see a so, <laughs> okay. Oh yes, so there you go. Chicago Red Stars. I'm pretty sure they're top of the table. So. Wow. That's on me. That's on You guys want to become the Portland Thorns? <laughs> Same number of wins. That is way far down the list of tiebreakers. You guys, that's not. That's not fair. Yeah, but we are way down the list of tiebreakers. Would you not agree? That is true. Can't yeah. deny that. What we're trying to say is that this game also would have been another draw. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I I think that's reasonable. Yeah, I I don't know if it would have been another 4-4 draw, but I think it probably would have been at least 2-2. So given that Becky Sauerbrunn is on the back line, given that neither of us know who's playing it forward for either team, it's a 0-0 draw. It's a 0-0 draw. I love that. I love that for us. A 0-0 draw. Yep. In the in the cold yeah. rain. Well, right. Are you going to say that Emily Menges, Becky Sauerbrunn, Julie Ertz, and Tierna Davidson are not going to come up with a zero zero draw? Come yeah, on, yeah. that's solid. Yeah, yeah that's no, good point. Solid. Good point. Yeah, I think that's true. I love that. There would have um, been no goals, and it would have been the most dope zero zero game ever. And there would have been all the trolls saying that this game sucked because they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't don't know good soccer. Okay, so Tyler and Caitlin. Um, 
what have you guys been up to? What are you up to? <laughs> what have you been up to? Great question. Um, what is the scope of this you? question? Well, okay. It, so first question, pretty. first question is this. I'll, uh, first question is this. What have you been up to when there's been no soccer? And you don't have to have an answer for this, but like, is there a thing that you're into right now? Um, I'm big into stacking all my books into different piles to see which piles make sense next to each that. other. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's so good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely like a lot of organization and reorganization going on. Yeah. I would say, I would say I've been sweeping a lot. Um, but I also I did, I did this week cave and buy animal crossing. So I've been, Hey, <laughs> Oh, okay. You're coming to my islands, Kaylin's? I, yeah, I, I want to come to your islands. Oh, uh, dope. Yeah. Well, Claire, I guess we need to get Animal Crossing. Yeah, well, I, yeah that's, yeah, I would love for that here, you guys. I can't. I've been resisting that myself. for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> on a number of occasions that the animals do not need any crossing. Have a Switch, Sandra? Uh, I have access to one. There you uh, go. There you go. There okay. you go. I think I've decided that a Switch is a want and not a need, and I think I'm going to refrain mm. Yeah, I have, yeah. I have one. That's that. That is where I was for for a number of weeks since the pandemic started. Um, but that last weekend, last weekend was rough. I didn't sleep all weekend, and on Monday I was just like, "Man, this fucking sucks!" And it switched. It flipped from want to need. And yeah, uh, that's fair. I, 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 it's gonna happen for me, honestly. Yeah. Did you guys know that you can play Mario Kart on your phone? I did not. Yeah. Yeah. If Claire, if Claire and I actually get switches, can we actually not play Animal Crossing? Can we play Mario Kart? Mario Kart? <laughs> That's my deal. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So second <laughs> question. Um, are, if you guys are doing, again, no expectations. If you guys are doing content in this time, where can people find you? Uh, we have a website. It's called the Rose City Review, and you can find it at rosecity.review. Uh, content has been sparse due to lack of soccer, but, um, me and Tyler did do a podcast last week. Um, and we're going to continue to, yeah, we did, we did about the 2014 Thorn season. Yeah. Yes. And I know you guys have been watching some 2014 too. Yeah, and yes, I will say for, yeah. for, for listeners, for listeners who are not necessarily Thorns fans, the, the 2014, 2015 Thorns are fucking crazy in ways that I didn't understand <laughs> at the time. And I, enjoy very much so me and tyler have been looking into those things I, i'm not gonna lie i don't think i understand it now <laughs> after no, having no. gone back there's and watched no, it there's, there's no understanding it it's like outside the bounds of human physics these teams <laughs> i am in the process of writing about this also which will be on the website um but our podcast is called red smoke radio which you can find on twitter at red smoke radio yeah so you can find so you can find us at um south side trap uh, dot com our website you can also find us at our patreon um this was our opening our home opening weekend podcast but we are also just hella kicking it in the past i think our next episode will be about fc kansas city rip peace uh yeah we're just always making the chicago content for you sandra where can people find you uh, here mostly I love Southside <laughs> this is where people can find me uh, I mean if you want to if you're into my random shenanigans you can follow me on Twitter at underscore that's H-E-R-R-E-R underscore 
but you know, I don't say anything there that I don't say here on this uh, wonderful little Chicago Stars podcast. So, if you really want to support and follow, you should do that on the Patreon uh, if you can, and you should go ahead and follow Southside Trap Podcast on uh, all social media channels. So you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And uh, we're on Anchor now, and you can go ahead and find us on Spotify, and iTunes. Give us a like, give us a nice little review. Five stars would be very helpful. All that stuff helps us when we're trying to make Chicago Red Stars content for you all. So everybody, be safe. Wash your hands, wash your everything. KBS Tyler, thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. <laughs>